Thank you for joining us today for our Sunday services, worship services, and a study of Joseph, a wonderful, wonderful study in the Word of God. First of all, before I get into the message today, I want to continue just to say a word of thanks to each and every one of you. Thank you for supplying food for our food pantry. Folks were here like they are week in and week out. They have some real needs in our community. Thank you for supplying that food, bringing it in during the week, and supplying that so we can bless people in the name of Jesus Christ. On just another church-related note, got news just a short while ago that Don Councilman, one of our dear members we love, is just uh, very close to being called to his heavenly home. Brenda and the, her sons are both there. They've allowed them to go into the rooms. They have not seen him. Uh, they've seen, take it back, Brenda's seen her, him one time for a very short period of time, and it's been so hard on this family. But they have been called in. I know you'll want to join with me as uh, we pray for that family, that God would just bring peace and if Don is to go home, there would be a peaceful home going. Thank you, church family, for hearing that and praying. There are many others, uh, Clara Prophet and others, that have some real issues going on. Continue to lift them up in prayer. Thank you for that. We're here to look at God's news. There's lots of other news around the world, but today we're the church. We're focused on God's news. I want to focus today on Joseph. It has a lot to do with some issues called sin, and today it's going to be, well, maybe a toe-stepper for everybody, but stay with me, if you would, as we join Joseph in his journey in Genesis chapter 42, verses 14 through 17. The Word of God tells us, Joseph said to them, it is just as I told you, you are spies, And this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will be kept in prison so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. Wow. As we're watching this entire journey, over 20 years to this point, lots has been happening. Joseph tells them, you'll not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. And he's put some real thoughts in the minds of these brothers. And he put them in this custody for three days And it's during this time, and a lot of the sermon's going to revolve around what we're looking at in this very next point, a period of time for Joseph's brothers to reflect with one another about their hidden sin or supposed hidden sin. We're going to park there for a little bit because it's important. Because hidden sins are some of the things that hurt us in our Christian walk, hurt us in our relationships, in families, marriages, and in churches, and ultimately hurt our relationship with God. Hidden sins. There's a a familiar verse I'd like you to see tonight. It's found in the book of Numbers. Probably many of you may not be able to find where the reference was, but you've heard the verse before. Let's bring that up and look at that. This passage in Numbers chapter, okay, there you go, Number uh, chapter 32, verse 23. I think it's going to come back up. 
Maybe it's not. Let's, there we go. All right. But if you fail to do this, this is Moses speaking, by the way, you will be sinning against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. Now, what I want to do during this time is look at that and see what this verse is truly talking about. Many times, the interpretation of this does not come across as strongly as it needs to. So we want to look at this. Now, let's look at the background to why Moses is telling uh, Gad and Reuben, why he's telling them this. Bring that next map up. Thank you. You may not be able to see this laser, but this is a map of Israel that you are looking at now. And east of the... Jordan River, which is right in the middle here, is the tribe of Gad and the tribe of Reuben. I just wanted you to see, because Israel was called, thank you, I can see that pointer up there, Israel was called to cross the Jordan and to take this land. We find out, of course, that Gad and Reuben settle east of the Jordan. So there they are, they're located there. Why did the tribes end up there? That's an important question. Let's look at it. You see, before they crossed the River Jordan, they had some issues to deal with. And in those issues, well, they just wanted to stay. They wanted to stay east of the Jordan. And they desired to stay there for some very important reasons we're going to look at. Why did Gad and Reuben decide to stay there? And why is this conversation that culminates in verse 23 in chapter 32 have Moses tell them, be sure your sin will find you out? What is it? Bring up that next passage if you would. It tells us in Numbers 32 verse 1, the Reubenites and Gadites who had very large herds and flocks saw that the lands of Jazar and Gilead were suitable for livestock. And so the reason they wanted to stay there is because the land they were on, that they were occupying for these years, was great land for their livestock. So they approach Moses and say, we'd really like to stay east of the Jordan. So this land is good for raising cattle. And the leaders of those tribes, they approach Moses for permission to settle there. So what do you think? Moses being a a diligent leader, a fair leader, do you think he's going to let them stay there while everyone else goes in to fight? No, he's not. In fact, at first, Moses says no. But as we continue with this, we find in Numbers 32, 6, Moses said to the Gadites and Reubenites, shall your countrymen go to war while you sit here? Really? You want to just sit over there in the land where your flocks are doing so well and have your countrymen go to war and fight for you? No, we're not going to do that. And so we have this position where Gad and Reuben are going to re-explain what their plan really is. Let's go on. Let's go further. Gad and Reuben asked if they could leave their flocks and their families behind while the men themselves 
went off to war in Canaan. So they tell Moses, we're not trying to uh, leave our position of fighting for Israel. We're not trying to get out of the fight. We would like to go do it, but we just want to leave our flocks and our families here. We'll go with you to fight. Now, after they assure Moses that they were not abandoning their fellow Israelites, Moses agrees to their request. Now, mind you, we're not to verse 23 yet of Numbers chapter 32. So that's what's been taking place. We have the tribe of Gad and Reuben saying, we want to stay here. We want to stay east of the Jordan. Moses says no, but they come back to say, no, we'll, we'll go over and fight. Just want to leave our families and flocks here. We'll fight with you to take the land. So all is looking good. So what do we see here next? Then Moses said to them, if you will do this, if you will arm yourselves before the Lord for battle, and if all of you will go armed over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven his enemies out before him, then when the land is subdued before the Lord, understand that's the only condition, then when the land is subdued before the Lord, you may return and be free from your obligation to the Lord and to Israel. And this land will be your possession for the Lord. So Moses says, okay, I'm going to agree to do that. I'll let you have that land east of the Jordan. But you have to stay engaged in the battle until the land is entirely subdued. And at this point, they don't know how long that is. It's not going to be a week or a month. It's going to be a long time period. But the conditions are laid down. And so the word, no doubt, spreads through all of Israel. They're going to come to fight. Moses made this deal. They will come and they will join us in this battle. Gad and Reuben are with us. They're joining us, right? So what do we see? They had to fight till the land is conquered. Only then could they return to the land east of the Jordan. It is then, this is what is so important, It is then after all of that is laid out that Moses adds this warning in Numbers 32, 23. Be sure that your sin will find you out. Now, most people see that, as I have right here in this outline. This did not mean that everyone will find out about your sin. That's many times how that passage is related. If you sin, everyone will find out about that. You can't hide it. People will find out about that. Well, let's see in context if that's actually the accurate thing of what has taken place. Okay? Think about this. If Gad and Reuben failed to keep their promise, it would have been obvious to all. If they didn't stay there the fight and they all retreated and went back home, their sin would be found out by their very action. So Moses isn't talking about that because if they didn't stay, it would be obvious to everybody. Instead, and this is the crux of this message. Please stay with me and please get this. The crux of this message has to do with what Moses is talking about, the nature of sin. Instead of thinking that everyone's going to find out about your sin, and many times that'll happen anyway, 
Moses issued a warning that speaks to the bizarre nature of sin. That's what Moses is talking about. There's something bizarre about the nature of sin. They could be sure that their sin would find them out. I've got a piece, a gemstone up here um, of amber. And it's not a mineral gemstone with a crystalline formation that they categorize as a mineral. This type of thing is called an organic gemstone. An organic gemstone family is what it belongs to, kind of like coral. And it's beautiful. It comes, I, I didn't even know. But amber comes not in just three or four different colors. And doing some study on amber, it comes in over 256 shades of amber. Some amber is even blue. I didn't know that. Perhaps you did. Why are you telling us all this? Well, stay with me. The fact is, amber is a fossilized tree resin. Now, let's continue in our message here today. Some biblical passages describe sin in a manner that makes it appear as if sin were a living entity with a mind and a will. The bizarre nature of sin. And oftentimes people forget what the nature of sin is about and how deadly it is. In Genesis 4, 7, the word of God says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. You can see that sin is kind of described here as if it's a living entity. It's not the only passage in the word of God that refers to sin in this way. We have other passages. In James 1, 14 and 15, it speaks figuratively about being dragged away with sin and enticed. It's like it is a living entity. The apostle Paul's words regarding the nature of sin are found in Romans 7, 14 through 25, but we're looking at verse 25b. It says, so then I myself in my mind, I'm a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Moses talked about the nature of sin. Paul talks about the law of sin. Let's talk about it. What was Moses getting to? Be sure your sin will find you out. Well, we see several things that the Numbers 32, 23 passage reveals. All going back to the brothers that were given three days to process what was really going on here. Joseph, in the wisdom of God, I'm going to lock you up for three days. And during that time, a whole lot of self-discovery is going on and a whole lot of recollection. Look what's happened to us. Why are we here? Whether or not others discover your sin, your sin will discover you. That's what Moses is getting to. And I want to f- explain this because it's important. In other words, you can't run from sin's consequences. It's impossible to run from sin's consequences. That's what Moses is getting here. That's the heart of what he's saying. 
maybe people won't find out. You see, because the brother's sin has been hidden for such a long time, hadn't it? Jacob didn't know. We're not aware of any uh, verbal communication to uh, the brother's spouses or friends or families. They've kept it kind of hidden, kind of a secret. No one else can know this. And so they thought for a while they had it made. It was confined to those brothers and who's going to tell on them? Nobody, because they had it all hidden within themselves. But just as Moses said to Gad and Reuben, your sin will find you out. It'll discover you. And you can't escape the consequences of lying to God, sinning before God and sinning before man. You can't escape it. And the brothers thought perhaps they had escaped it because decades had passed now. They've kept it hidden, almost forgotten, except every now and then, no doubt, in family gatherings and the course of time where they would talk about it, his name would come up. But it was hidden. No one knew the sin. But you know what? The sin knew them. Be sure your sin will find you out. Your sin will discover you. And you see right now, if you're listening to this message and you know right now there's something that you may have hidden in your secret sin compartment somewhere in your heart and you think no one else knows and it's hidden real good and sometimes people go away on trips and they have a little extramarital affair it's called. Or sometimes people are sneaking looks on the internet or thinking the wrong things about someone and it's hidden or saying they forgive but they don't really forgive. All those little hidden sins, be sure your sin will discover you and you can't escape the consequences of sin because it keeps coming back. God made our mind so it keeps coming back and it's part of the nature, the bizarre nature of sin. Amber, by the way, has been valued from antiquity up into this present time as a beautiful gem. Some people even in uh, antiquity use it and believe it has healing powers, and some people today believe it does. Just a beautiful thing, a fossilized tree resin, quite old, quite beautiful. Well, as we see and discover something about sin... Sin carries, and this is the bizarre nature, this is the nature of sin, the law of sin that Paul talks about. Sin carries within itself the power to pay the sinner back, and sin's payback is awful. You see, there really is no secret sin. The brothers thought they'd gotten away with it. They came up and devised the perfect deceitful plan. They wanted to just kill him. Who knows what they would have done with Joseph's body then? probably would have hidden it and said an animal got him the same way they thought when they brought the cloak back. Oh, dad, an animal, a wild animal must have killed Joseph. They thought it was hidden. And you see, liars look truthful, don't they? I'm sure they probably cried and had emotion and looked like they were just, oh, so sincerely grieving. It's pathetic, isn't it? You see, one one sin leads to another. They sinned among themselves. They sinned against their brother. And the sin continues. What sin does, it continues to breed more sin. And there's some real danger in hidden sins. Obviously, there's danger in all sins. But you see, sin cannot be shaken off. 
no matter how safe you think you are, sin will find you out. And even as you listen now, and you may be sitting next to some loved ones, maybe some friends, maybe even in a group that's separated, and you know in your heart there's a hidden sin in there that you need to get rid of. And sometimes we like holding on to the sin. Sometimes, like those brothers, probably too embarrassed to say anything for what they have done. So certain things like shame, certain things like guilt, keep it hidden inside of us. And some sins we just like that we hide because we think no one else sees it. But be sure, your sin will discover you. And the payback from sin, because it will discover you, and it's inescapable, it'll pay you back so much more than you ever thought you'd be willing to pay. It's the price of sin. There's no more finer example than what you see in the lives of these brothers. And the same nature of sin that existed then, the bizarre nature of sin, exists today. It hasn't changed. It's an immutable principle of God. Your sin will find you out. It's already discovered you. It's seen you. It's uncovered it. And you know, because the Holy Spirit of God has told you, it's wrong. But you hide it away. I'll deal with it another day, another time. I'll quit another time. I'll stop another time. There's no need to repent. Dear friend, if God's convicted you of that now, you need to repent of it. Don't stop. Don't try and hide it because it's not hidden. It's already found you out, period. Now look, there's danger of unconfessed sin. You see, had these brothers all the way back to the beginning, rethought this whole thing, went to their father in a spirit of repentance and honesty and said, we can't even believe what we did. And they told Jacob about it and said, we're going back to retrieve our brother. We sold him. We're going to pay more money and we're going to get him back. They could have undone a couple of decades of guilt of this supposed hidden sin where they have to day and night be thinking about that, reminded at get-togethers, reminded when they're sleeping, reminded of their brother crying and begging for mercy, and they gave him none. 20 years, perhaps, of intermittent torture. And now, the ultimate, where God does bring justice for a great, great sin that they committed. They didn't even know at this point. They didn't know. But Moses talked about the bizarre nature of sin. And he said to Gad and Reuben, make sure you do it. Because if you don't, your sin will find you out. And once again, it would have been obvious to the people. It's not a matter of discovery of other people. It's sin discovering us and playing havoc in our hearts, our minds, and in our lives. And so we see covering up sin leads to more sin, more lies, more covering up, more self-deceit. Covering up sin affects our relationship with God. Think about this passage when it comes up. Isaiah 59, 2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Sometimes, sometimes, Hear this clearly. I want to define this properly. God is not hearing our prayers because we have put something in our heart. Your sins have hidden his face from you. You see, when you hide your sin, God's face hides from you. 
because he knows that we have played a deceptive game with him, ultimately. All sin is first and foremost against God. It always extends to people, but it's first and foremost against God. There's no private sin. So we sin. One of the dangers is God hides his face from us. What a terrible thing. What an awful thing. God doesn't want to do it, but he cannot look upon those that are hiding something like a roach in a corner or a a rodent running into a little hole there and you go hide it. God's seen it and it discovers us. And thank God through the gift and, and the calling of preaching, the gift of God's word, the gift of the Holy Spirit, God can convict us about it so we can do something about it and get rid of it. You see, the brothers will eventually be brought to a point to do that, but they're not there yet. A couple of decades of hiding it. Let me ask you something. Is there something that's an older thing in your life that needs to get tossed out, that's been hidden or supposedly hidden? And if you wonder where some of the power in your Christian life has been, even if you have a position, pastors, doesn't matter who you are, that hidden sin, God will hide his face from you. And there's a danger in that. When you're talking to a God that hides his face because we can't be transparent and honest with him. Bring up our next slide. Another danger of unconfessed sin. It's covering up sin is deceitful. When you live in deceit, the only way you continue to cover something is with more deceit. First, you lie to God and you lie to yourself. How awful is that? It's awful. And it's a cycle. And God wants us to get away from that cycle. In fact, he says in Isaiah 5, 18, woe to those. Woe is not a word you want to hear. Woe to those who draw sin along with cords of deceit and wickedness as with cart ropes. Draw it along. Keep it hidden. Keep drawing it along. But the word of God says, woe to those who do that who draw sin along with cords of deceit. If that's speaking to you today, today's a great day to cut the cords, to leave it, because sin will trap you. Sin will discover you. Sin will reveal to you, your heart, and your mind all of its awful nature and the consequences for sin for the believer or a lackluster Christian life, less power in your witness, less power in your marriage, less power in your community, less power in your church, less power behind your pulpit when you hide sin in your heart. Woe to those. Woe that would do that. The danger of unconfessed sin. Covering up sin always brings God's judgment. Do you think it's a coincidence to this day that these brothers have been brought to a place where they'll be brought very, very low? Very low. What was so hidden, so disguised, none of them could ever imagine when they were traveling over to Egypt, even though they, no doubt they were thinking about Joseph, they were hating they had to go to Egypt, but they thought he was dead. We have one brother, they said, remember, that is no more. And Egypt reminds me of the place where he sold him into slavery. They probably killed him there, worked him to death and killed him. And now, the danger of unconfessed sin, God's going to reveal it. And it's all going to get revealed one way or the other, either here or in the next life. It'll get revealed. 
But God oftentimes reveals it right down here. And the great thing now, if you are listening to this message, get rid of that hidden sin. Isaiah 5.20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Mercy. Just dwell on that for a little bit. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness? Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter? Woe to those who do that. You see, if you're harboring a hidden sin, and let me just say any sin, but I'm talking specifically of a hidden sin, what does it do? We, in essence, may not say, but we're calling evil good. You see, to harbor a hidden sin is evil. And to keep it within us, we're saying, well, I'll be God of my life. I'll keep it there. Woe to those that do that, who put darkness for light. When we put darkness in our heart, a sin in our heart, we're replacing God's light with darkness. And we're replacing bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. It's awful. God makes it very clear. I want you to see that there is a blessing that does come. As we draw to a close here, there's a blessing of confess sin. This is the redemptive part of what's taken place. Remember the setting. These brothers have been put in a prison for three days. They're meditating and thinking about all this, wondering how did this come upon us? And they're in a point of self-discovery. You may be in a point of self-discovery. The Word of God says the blessing of unconfessed sin in Psalm 19, verses 12 and 13. But who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins that they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. Who can discern my errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Forgive them, God. Today's a great day. The psalmist goes to God for forgiveness of these hidden faults, these hidden sins. See, this piece of amber, well, in this sense, it's kind of like sin in this way. You can't see it, and I'd have to get right up to the camera for you to see it, but trapped inside this amber are several insects. I just had the light underneath them earlier. My phone light just looking at them. and It's crazy. I don't know how old they are, but they're quite old. But they're trapped inside of that. And that's what sin does. You can't escape it. These insects obviously cannot escape this. Be sure your sin will find you out. There's no escaping the consequences. Once these insects were wrapped in this resin, they're there probably thousands of years later to look at right today, trapped in it. You don't have to remain trapped in it. You don't have to remain trapped in that amber, i.e., example of sin. Because God wants to take care of it today. If you've recognized something in your life, even from way back, today is a day to deal with it. Be sure your sin will find you out. It will discover you. It will reveal it to you. And you can't escape its consequences. If, and it may be a private sin, today's a day, to take that to God and deal with it. If there's some repentance you need to make to a person, make it today. Deal with it today. Get it off of you. God is hiding his face from you. 
to conceal that sin inside your heart. And you see, the sin's already played back. Say, Pastor, that's going to be painful if I have to tell this person I stole from that or said that thing or I'm the one that caused that. Well, friend, that's the awfulness of sin. It takes us further than we want to go. It costs more than we ever thought, and we have to pay a bigger price for it than we could ever imagine. And those brothers right now don't even know. They're in a stewing pot right now for three days. Joseph is wise. He said, I'm going to put you there. First of all, it gives Joseph some time to think about how he's going to proceed. But it puts those brothers in the place to really start thinking and talking. What brought this upon them? And you know the word of God says that for sin, sometimes some are sick. Some face dire consequences. Some even die. You may be wondering why, and says some are weak. You may be wondering why your testimony is weak, why your body's weak. You may be holding on to something so tightly and think it's so hidden, but you're suffering the consequence of sin. You may not even know it. Deal with it today. The word of God is so clear. Forgive my hidden faults. Who can discern my error? God can. Today's a great day to do that. If we learn nothing else from the story of Joseph and his brothers and Jacob, it's dealing with something that we should be dealing with right up front, not letting it fester. These brothers let it fester. It's a great day to know that no sin is, is, is hidden. It discovers us. It's not, it's not out there so everyone can necessarily see it, but it discovers us and has it discovered you. Don't let it discover you anymore. Get rid of the power, the bizarre nature of sin, the law of sin, and take it to God and be clean in it today. God bless you if you've listened to his word. And I pray today you dealt with that issue that may be in your life and maybe you know it's in someone else's life. Pray for them that they too would truly come to God and confess it. God bless you, church. Look forward to seeing you real soon and having God continue to bless what he's doing. Thank you once again for all the things that take place week in and week out for your ministries to all people here at Lawndale Baptist Church.